Thank you for joining us as we discuss counseling expectant parents in an era of prenatal genetic screening and diagnostics. I'm Patty Winters, part of the Illumina Reproductive Health Medical Affairs team. And I'm Katie Ellis, a clinical liaison for the Illumina Australia New Zealand team. Hi, Katie. It's such a pleasure for us to have a chance to chat today. So thank you for joining us. Um, because we're both genetic counselors and we have lots of years of experience counseling um, in a prenatal genetic counseling clinic, I know that we both share a passion to ensure that genomics technologies such as non-invasive prenatal testing or NIPT are implemented both responsibly and equitably. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on what you see as some of the challenges in achieving that. Thanks, Patty. So look, some of the challenges that I see in our region really, uh, I'm sure, translate throughout the world. So some of the issues that we find is healthcare providers have so many things that they need to discuss with their pregnant person that it's really difficult to find the time to discuss all of the different prenatal screening and diagnostic options and to try to work with the pregnant individual to work out what she would like to do, what's best. Um, we also find that not all of our pregnant people are in an area where they can easily access healthcare providers. We're a really large country and, you know, our population is spread out quite widely. So sometimes we find that individuals in more regional or remote areas don't get the same access to the level of care to be able to speak to a healthcare provider. So sometimes those individuals either don't get a choice in having any screening or diagnostic testing performed, or they pick one because that's what other people tell them to pick, but they're not really sure why they're doing that. And that can be really difficult. For other individuals, it's around health literacy. You know, they don't have much contact with the medical system. And so some of the language that we use is really difficult to understand. Um, but it might be difficult to speak up in a consultation and say, I don't really understand what you're saying. And could you explain that another way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've recently read your paper in the Australian and New Zealand Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, where you assessed alternative counseling approaches for pretest pre counseling for NIPT. Can you share a little bit more about your study? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Patty. So look, what we decided to do was um, at a public hospital here in Australia in an area with a lower socioeconomic uh, population. So these individuals didn't necessarily have the level of, help, of education that other areas might have. And so there we um, offered pregnant people the option of having NIPT and the prenatal counselling that they had or the pretest counselling that they had first was either via a phone call from a genetic counsellor to the pregnant person to discuss the options or they were able to watch an educational video on an iPad when they came to the hospital prior to having their consultation with their doctor and prior to having their ultrasound. So what we wanted to know was are they the same? So looking at the, the change in knowledge for women. So we took some pretest counseling questions and knowledge about the tests and about what they might find. And then we looked afterwards. And it was really interesting. We found that whether you had a phone call with the genetic counselor or whether you watched the webinar, the increase in knowledge scores across all knowledge questions was exactly the same. 
In fact, in one or two areas, it was slightly better to actually have the webinar because the webinar was the exact same message every time. And I guess there were no distractions. We all know when you're on a phone call, the individual might be juggling a lot of things at home and may not be able to concentrate as well as they could be, which is the same in the doctor's office as well if you're trying to shuffle children or other distractions. And the other thing that was really important to us was looking at how did the women feel? Did watching a webinar versus speaking someone face face to face or on a telephone, did that increase any anxiety or cause any stress? We don't want to cause any harms, but in fact, it didn't. So again, for both arms, women felt great about the counseling that they'd received and they felt really comfortable and confident in the decision that they made around whether to have testing or not. Oh, that's great. That's really interesting to hear about. Um, is, do you know if the pre-recorded video is still being used clinically now that the study has ended? Yes, yeah, so it is being used not only in this situation, but we know there are a, a number of webinars around the world, in fact. So we have found that it's actually quite beneficial for women to even be able to watch these webinars prior to seeing their doctor for the first time. Or it's also beneficial because they could be watching the webinar with their support person or their partner. And also our webinar was able to be translated into the individual's native tongue. You could just choose whichever translation that you would like. And that really helped sort of empower women and make them feel more confident that they were really understanding the information. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, I think I would echo uh, most of what you've said about pretest counseling. Um, you know, we, we, I think, encounter some of this, this, the same issues in, in the States as, as you're describing. Uh, we know that, that pregnant people are reporting feeling just overwhelmed by the massive amount of information that they're receiving at these prenatal visits. Um, and that prenatal screening and testing options is really just one, one piece of that. So, you know, they're, they're receiving all of this information and then they're just, they have this limited amount of time to process that information before they're expected to make choices about what testing they may or may not be interested in during a pregnancy. Um, and we also know that the, the healthcare providers, as you mentioned, are feeling some of this burden. Uh, historically, we've thought of our healthcare providers as information givers. So they, they provide the information and then they encourage pregnant patients to make the choice um, uh, about what to proceed with. Um, and we're seeing that shift away from information giving to really decision-making facilitator. So using um, uh, more values-based assessments and more focused and personalized conversations to help pregnant patients make a decision that's, that's the right decision for them and for their families, rather than just providing that information. Um, so to help overcome some of those, those obstacles, we developed a patient education app about prenatal screening and testing options called NIPT Insights. And it was meant to provide that foundational knowledge about these options so that it enables the limited time that they, they, these pregnant individuals have with their providers to be used for more targeted and values-based discussion. That's fantastic, Patty. And look, recently you were also able to author a paper looking at the effectiveness of that patient education app. Could you tell me more about your results? Yeah, so um, it, we were we were really pleased to be able to partner with um, three different sites across the globe. So one in Spain, one in France, and one in Japan. And we were honored that we were able to implement this randomized controlled trial um, with these sites. 
Um, and so pregnant people presenting for care and being offered NIPT were, were randomized either to the control arm, which was just their routine care through their clinic, or to the intervention arm, um, where individuals were provided with access to the NIPT Insights app in addition to routine care through their clinic. And what we were able to show is that participants using the app had significantly higher pre-consultation knowledge scores. So going into the conversation with their provider, they had more knowledge than those not using the app. Um, but what was interesting is that that difference persisted even after provider counseling. Um, and so, so there's good support that, that the use of the app was actually able to um, positively impact patient knowledge both before and after meeting with a provider. We, uh, participants also reported very high satisfaction levels with the app. Um, so over 90% reported it to be educational and easy to use um, and easy to understand. Um, and three out of four participants actually said that they would recommend the app to one of their friends. Um, and then we also looked kind of at how this might impact the amount of time that providers spent with a patient. We didn't see a difference there. So there wasn't more or less time spent regardless of app use or not. But participants who used the app were subjectively assessed by their healthcare providers as being more prepared for their consultation. And That's so really we, fantastic. Yeah, so we concluded from all of that that clinically implementing the use of a patient education app such as NIPT Insights in this real world setting, as I mentioned, positively impacted patient knowledge, but it was also feasible and it was acceptable to pregnant people. Wow, that's just amazing, all of those results. And so is the NIPT Insights app, is it still available sort of throughout the world? Yes, yes. Um, so it's available either uh, Android or uh, Apple. Um, and it's currently available with country-specific information in the native language for 12 countries. And we're continuing to expand into new, new countries all of the time. Wow, that's just brilliant. It's been really fantastic to discuss today the different studies that we've been involved with and how technology is really making a difference in the lives of pregnant people. But as you said, also healthcare providers that, you know, I, I guess it's fantastic to see that win-win situation mm -hmm. where, you know, healthcare providers are able to actually have you know, a more meaningful conversation with pregnant people, but also that there's a variety of technologies that are available, some that are probably um, more cheap and more easy to, to implement for various areas um, so that we can really make sure that women are able to be confident about the information they're receiving and then make an informed choice about whatever is right for that individual. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that I really love to see that this is opening up the equity of access to healthcare for those individuals who, who might have a, a lower health literacy or may not speak the native tongue, or particularly for those people who are in remote areas. It's one step forward to really making sure that we can provide, you know, a similar level of healthcare to all of those individuals. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's just been fascinating. Um, and thank you to everyone out there for joining us today. Thank you.